Welcome to Under the Bleachers. This is a podcast that explores all things sports, all things queer, and the fabulous intersection where queer and sports meet. This podcast is brought to you by Team DC, the nonprofit association of LGBTQ sports and recreation organizations in the Washington, D.C. area. I'm Laura. I'm on the board of Team DC. I've played and loved sports my entire life, and I've played with the DC Furies and Rogue Darts. And I'm Gabe. I'm also on the board of Team DC and I'm a diehard sports fan. I've played with many of the Team DC sports member leagues, including the DC GFFL, Stonewall Kickball, Rogue Darts, Kara Bowling, and recently the Washington Scandals Rugby Football Club. And I also do a little drag on the side. We hope you enjoy this week's trip under the bleachers. Hey everybody, it's Laura, just checking in with a quick update from Team DC. The annual meeting of the Sports Council will be held virtually on January 9th, 2021 from 10 a.m. to noon. Team DC strongly encourages all member clubs to send a representative to the annual meeting. So if you are a representative of an area LGBTQ sports league, please check your email for an invitation. And if you did not receive an invitation, reach out to laura at teamdc.org. The annual meeting agenda will include a review of Team DC activities in 2020, a look ahead to the 2021 calendar, updates regarding member team outreach and communication, and Team DC board member elections. The positions up for election are president, outreach, marketing, social media, fundraising, and external relations. To learn more about Team DC and its board, visit teamdc.org. And anyone interested in running for a position on the board should contact Les Johnson at les at teamdc.org for more information. Team DC's Heroes for Heroes campaign with partner Nellie's Sports Bar continues. January's Heroes for Heroes meal will be delivered January 7th to Bridgepoint Hospital, a 60-bed acute care hospital on Capitol Hill. The January meal is sponsored by Team DC, DC Gay Basketball League, DC Gay Flag Football League, the Atlantic States Gay Rodeo Association, Rogue League Sports, and Caps Softball. Team DC is asking each of our member clubs to consider supporting this effort with a minimum donation of only $50. If you or your organization is interested in sponsoring a future Heroes for Heroes meal, please contact our executive director, Brent Miner, at brent at teamdc.org. Team DC is now accepting applications for the 2021 Team DC College Scholarships. Team DC student-athlete scholarships provide up to $2,000 of financial support to offset the cost of educational expenses. Scholarships are awarded to self-identified LGBTQ plus student-athletes who have contributed to the sport in which they participate and enhance the perception of the LGBTQ community as a result of their contributions and involvement. Scholarships are given to graduating high school seniors in the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area who will attend an accredited two- or four-year college or university. If you are an LGBTQ plus student-athlete, or if you are an educator or affiliated with area educational institutions, go to teamdc.org or email scholarship at teamdc.org for more information. The scholarship application is live and can be found on the Team DC website, teamdc.org. Gabe and I will be back in the spring with new episodes of Under the Bleachers. And in the meantime, we're going to be sharing some of our favorite interviews from season one that you might have missed. 
Today we are sharing our interview with Joe McDaniel from A League of Her Own. A League of Her Own is one of only 15 U.S. lesbian bars known to be left standing and is part of the Lesbian Bar Project, an important initiative to bring attention to the dwindling number of lesbian spaces left in our country. Visit lesbianbarproject.com for more information and enjoy this interview with Joe from last summer that we originally shared in one of our very first episodes of Under the Bleachers. All right, welcome back to Under the Bleachers. We are joined today by Joe, who is the manager of A League of Her Own, a bar in Adams Morgan. Uh, welcome, Joe. Hi. Thanks. How are things for you? Uh, very busy, but in uh, in a good way. We uh, we have reopened our patios, which is great, and then we are also trying to. Um, be as involved as we can as a signal boost for the Black Lives Matter movement and protests and education. So we're that's something we're committed to working on at the moment as well. Awesome. Um, so for anybody who's listening who might be sad sad enough to have not been um, able to visit Aloha yet, tell us a little bit about what kind of vibe Aloha is, who your target audience is, um, and how, just how, you, how would you describe the space? Sure. Uh, so we're kind of a, a neighborhood bar, a bit of a sports bar. We have a lot of televisions and video games. So um, our goal is just to be kind of a casual meeting place. And then we don't really have a target audience we on our mission statement we say that it's the place for people who haven't found their place anywhere else so that's uh that's who we're looking for and that can look many many uh different ways and we're welcoming to all of that um we are attached to our brother bar pitchers so there's a total of uh three bars a restaurant and a dance floor all in the space that's accessible from the inside so it's a little bit of something for everyone. And then on a, you know, a, a typical night or just that neighborhood bar you go to for after work drinks or happy hour or date nights. I mean, we sort of run the gamut. We've definitely seen humans who use our spaces for meetups from um, everything from political things to book clubs. I mean, it really is the people inside it that make its vibe. And it's just very casual um, the place to meet and connect. Um, and I, as someone who loves the space, can personally attest to the fact that I think it is, in fact, one of the most welcoming spaces I've ever, I've ever had the pleasure of going to. So um, are there any kind of recurring events on your event calendar that you'd like to plug or tell people about? Well, currently, because we can't use our space, uh, we have sort of suspended a lot of those. We, um, we're fortunate to have two patios upstairs. So in phase one, we're able to have small amounts of people in. Um, and when we do have our space open again, we have a monthly trivia night. That's the second Tuesday. And we have a monthly... Um, open mic that's the first thursday so once we're actually able to occupy the space inside aloha again we will absolutely be kicking back up um with all of those uh 
with all of those events. And then um, every Friday night, uh, we have a DJ who is either female-bodied or female-presenting uh, that we that we book. Um, so I wanted to touch on the topic of queer women and the queer women scene in D.C. I know that you um, had previously worked at some other bars in D.C., some that were geared particularly toward women and some that weren't. But what do you think is um, important about having a space that's that's specifically welcoming for queer women? I mean, I think everything is important about having that space. I think uh, to know that you're going into a space that is safely, that is safe, that you can find your people at, no matter sort of what night of the week it is or how many you uh, come in with, that's uh, that's what you're going to get. And I think uh, we're, I, one of the things I'm most proud of is that people can come in by themselves and not uh, not need to have a group to feel welcome. We train our staff to be specifically incredibly welcoming, especially to people who are in on their own. Um, I really think the important thing about having our own space is that we get to make it whatever we want it to be. And while I say we, I actually don't include myself a lot in that because, well, I'm an older queer and I'm a cis white woman. And so I have just walking everyday privilege in bars. So that for me, while Aloha absolutely welcomes sort of every presentation, I'm really interested in letting it be a space where uh, your presentation does not affect your experience. So, um, so yeah, I think that we have in the past gotten to take up space in bars for men. And that it was a bit of a problem because it wasn't our space. We had it for a night once a month. And while we were fortunate to have that and grateful to have that, it also uh, takes away from the experience because you want to be, I think the thing that's really special about Aloha is you can get a group together to go dancing on a Saturday, or you can take your girlfriend for drinks after work at six o'clock on a Wednesday. And all you always know that that space is open for you. I think that it's a, a real shame that we're losing so many spaces specifically geared toward the queer humans and lesbians of the world because we need a space as well to, to connect to our community. Getting to watch friendships and relationships develop because this space exists is incredibly powerful. Uh, and getting to see people for who for the first time in maybe their life are are comfortable and, and know that we have a mission of safety that we work very hard uh, to keep track of. Um, and, you know, we welcome feedback and we're not perfect. We are human. And so we're always looking to do the most for the most number of people, the most presentations of people. So we're always looking for feedback from the community on how we can do that, how we can do more of that. And that that applies to the black community and that applies to older people who are not as young and are not as apt to want to like go to a dance party. So making sure we like touch as much of the community as possible. That's why a queer space specifically for queer women, non-binary humans, trans humans, the fact that we have a space that's just for us is, uh, is powerful. And knowing that it always exists, knowing that your voice is heard, that wasn't always the case 
when we were just taking up space in a men's bar temporarily. It's really cool because there's, especially here in D.C., there's a lot of queer spaces and historic places that are closing. Um, so it's very important to have those in our community. Something I spent a little bit of quarantine time doing was touching base with the owners and managers of other queer women spaces. You know, we're down to 16, which includes um, Aloho and XX Plus here in D.C., and I reached out to the women who are running those bars across the country just to sort of form a collective, you know, especially in, in, in light of COVID, being willing to hold each other up and support each other. It's incredibly important and useful to feel like we're everywhere because that kind of network can be powerful, can support each other, can lift each other up, and then can pave the way so that more spaces can open. That's very cool. Uh, so we're proud at Team BC to have uh, Aloho as a sponsor. Uh, what other local organizations do you all usually help out throughout the year? Um, a lot of what we sponsor is teams. So the first team we sponsored is the Washington Prodigy, who I'm uh, a huge fan of. Uh, it's a, a women's football, women's tackle football team here in D.C., and they um, – our three-time back-to-back national champions, which is super awesome. But I mean, we uh, we s- sponsor dart teams and kickball teams and uh, pretty much oh roller derby, rugby, ultimate frisbee. I don't know. Our logo is on a lot of jerseys, but it was important to me um, that you know, and to our owners that we again, hit as much of the community as possible. Another thing that we've found to be really awesome and useful is um, we don't ever charge a cover. Dave Perusa and I agree on that pretty wholeheartedly. We believe that adding a paywall to a safe space takes away some of its safety and makes it a bit exclusionary, and we want to be inclusionary. So we, uh, we'll set up a donation table, and in lieu of uh, – taking a door a cover charge we will offer people the opportunity to donate to various not-for-profits um, that are almost always local and so when we have big events like pride or new year's eve we'll just have a table set up if you have the means and want to donate you're more than welcome to and if you don't you are not beholden to um, and so we've done um, women's shelters. We've done Planned Parenthood. We've um, donated to the Tag Magazine Scholarship Fund, which is for queer women of color who are graduating from high school. So it's a it's a unique opportunity to be bringing so many hum- so many people from so many walks of life into one space because it gives us it affords us the opportunity to give back in that way. So, Joe, I I think it's been at least two years in a row now that you were named Blade's Best of Gay DC uh, bartender. Is that is that right? Yes. In fact, I'm the only woman to do it twice in a row. In fact, which is a uh, is funny. Uh, there's a lovely man named Dusty Martinez who bartends at Trade, and he's this uh, incredibly sweet human. And he has also been. Um, nominated both years that I've won and we ran into each other at a concert and it was the first time we'd met face to face and he'd said that he was uh, my Meryl because he keeps losing to me but yes I <laughs> I'm super honored to, to have gotten um, for the Blades recognition and for the people who came out and voted I also really think that it's absolutely 
uh, tells the story of how desperately DC was in need of a space for women because the numbers who turned out to vote, not just for me, but Aloha also got the best place for women's night out. And what's really cool is we got it in 2018 and we were only open a month before voting started and we still collected that many votes. So that's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's, it, you know, I think it's a testament to how great a job you guys have done. Sadly, I think it's also speaks to um, how few options there are um, for, for those spaces, but you know, I, congratulations. I think that's, you know, well-deserved. Um, and, you know, it's always an honor for anybody who has a mayoral. I mean, I can't imagine how cool that must be. <laughs> it's also a testament to the fact that I make sure we keep the, the cider that you like stocked. <laughs> yeah, you know, big hearty plug for that. I can't wait until I, me being one of the older queers as well. I think I'm a little... Um, extra paranoid about quarantine time, but I'm really looking forward to being back out and having uh, Magners on the patio at all. At, uh, I guess technically is the patio part of pictures. Is Taking over the first, like the first patio and then the second patio that's up further is where the pitcher staff is, is bartending. Uh, Joe, how long have you been bartending and uh, what brought you to the profession? <laughs> uh, so I've, I just passed my 15-year anniversary. I started at Apex in 2005, really aging myself there. Um, and it was honestly, uh, I, I started as a security guard at Apex as a second job because I was like a young single mom and needed the uh, needed the extra income because I lived in Fairfax County and it's expensive. So I, um, yeah, I uh, started at the bar as a door person. They uh, loved me and it uh, turned out I have a, a knack for talking to strangers and and hopefully for uh, making spaces feel safe as much as I, as I can. And yeah, it was uh, 2005 uh, and then it's probably been about three, three years that I have been um, exclusively working in the service industry. And can you give us a little advice? What are the top three no-nos of going of being a bar patron? Oh, I love schooling people on how to be good bar patrons. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, no, I, I try to do it on every twenty-first birthday so that so that people don't uh, do the wrong thing. But uh, top three, I would say. Um, don't flag down a bartender. Eye contact is plenty. Don't wave a card or a money at us. It's incredibly important. It's wildly disrespectful and rude to wave anything. So that would probably be rule one um, to be a good bar patron. Uh, rule two is know, uh, know a few bar terms in terms of ordering your drink. So recognize that if you want extra alcohol, you need to order a double, which incidentally we don't serve here. Um, but know, know how to order your drink and be ready, especially if you are one of those humans who's flagging down the bartender, be ready to order when we come to you. And then um, number three, oh, every bar has a well, and that's where we're serving drinks out of. There's usually a bar mat at the well. Don't stand there and post up there because we need that space open so people can get to us and get their drinks. All very important. Good to know. Thank you. 
And, I, and you know, tip your bartenders is always uh, my favorite piece of advice. Oh, yeah, please. Right. <laughs> um, right, well, Joe, I sincerely appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. This was really fun, and um, I, I, I'm really excited to hear um, hear a little bit more about Aloha and hopefully get the word out to anybody who's been living under a rock and doesn't know about it. Before we let you go, okay. do you want to plug your website, Facebook page, give your address, any of that fun stuff? Um, I would absolutely like to, to plug our, all of our social media is at Aloho DC, A-L-O-H-O-D-C. Uh, again, we are, our social media is mostly muted to allow signal boost for the protests that are happening in our city. So keep an eye out for for that as much as we we can find out we will share awesome thanks again it's been fun and i hope to talk to you again soon my pleasure thanks y'all thanks for listening to this episode of under the bleachers under the bleachers is proudly produced by and a product of team dc for more information about team dc please visit www.teamdc.org We want to give credit to Ralph Elston, a Team DC board member, for the design of our logo. Also, our intro and outro music is provided by DC's Different Drummers Marching Band and was composed by Travis Gettinger. You can always find Under the Bleachers at underthebleachers.podbean.com, and our podcast is also available on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast and share us with a friend so that we can all keep meeting Under the Bleachers. Under the Bleachers is hosted by Team DC Vice President Laura Freyer and Team DC Board Member for Fundraising Gabriel Hernandez. All views and opinions expressed are solely those of the hosts and the participants on Under the Bleachers and do not express the views of Team DC.